morning. I, uh, I didn't really know how to answer that question, but as he said, we want to continue with the Lord's will today. I pray that whatever's going on between him and the Lord right now, that he can't hear anything that we're doing and that he's completely and solely focused on what he needs to do and get accomplished today. But the things that he needs today are different from the things that we need, and I know that the Lord's given me something to put something on my heart. So I want to go ahead and share that. Um, I want to say how thankful I am for this church. Um, I know I've said it in the past, and I'll probably continue to forever say it as long as I know you guys, but thank you so much for making us feel like family here every time we come. There's not a day that I come in here and I don't feel welcome or I don't feel loved or I don't feel like um, comfort. That's what I feel when I hear. I just feel comfort, and I love that feeling. I, uh, I don't know how much you guys know, but this is kind of my icebreaker. I haven't been in the pulpit for quite a while now. Um, I don't know how much Brother Derek's told you guys about any of that or anything like that, but um, I do want to read one quick scripture um, before we go into any more details, and I'd like to kind of share some stuff with you about how the last few years of my life went. Um, and you guys don't have to turn with me if you don't want. I'm just going to go here and just a quick couple verses in Second uh, Corinthians here. It's Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1. Verse, we'll start in uh, verse 3. It says, Blessed be God, even the Father, our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about some things that the Lord's brought up before we really dig deep into the message and uh, dig into some of the scriptures here. And as I was studying for this, um, I'll tell you what, the last month has been a little bit of a panic for me. Uh, Like I said earlier, it's probably been a few years since I've been behind the pulpit and there's reason for that Um, but before we get there I want to kind of go over a couple little things just some facts that I seen as I was studying for this and looking things up and praying with God and um, something that I was even thinking about earlier how how awesome it is to just be able to come into God's house without fear of persecution or anything like that and I want to go over just a couple things of Christians in the world our brothers and sisters whether we know them or not we should love them um, some of the things that they go through. So I did write down a couple facts here. It says 360 million people in this world right now, and this were stats that were taken last year um, that were covering the 2020 year. Uh, so they're a little outdated, but I couldn't find anything that was updated, but I'm sure that all these levels are still the same. 360 million people have high levels of persecution where they live. There was 5,898 people killed for their faith, solely based on their faith alone. 5,110 churches that were attacked. 4,000 people, 4,765 people that were detained, arrested, um, without trial, and persecuted because of their belief in Jesus Christ. Um, these are people that face the fact that they love Jesus 
They want to be a Christian. They want to be a part of his life, and they have to fear every single day for the lives of their family, for the lives of their children, for fear of being arrested, fear of being humiliated, persecuted in the streets. Um, and I just took one example of that. We've got, uh, I know a lot of you probably know about the bombings that happened in Sri Lanka back in 2019. Well, I can't even imagine how that would feel to be a parent in church where you should feel safe to have your kids running up and down the halls, joyful, happy, and the next thing you know, everybody's gone because one person didn't like what you believed in. There were 269 people, a lot of which were with children, and over 500 people injured in those bombings. So I didn't come here to talk too much about the persecution that Christians face. I just kind of wanted to set that into stone because we all deal with things. We all have trials and tribulations in our life, just like it says in the in, in Corinthians here. But I know a God that can comfort us through those things. And I kind of want to go through, now that we have uh, set that little bit of a stone in there about the facts, what other people face. And I know that we all have different things that we face in life. But I want to kind of go ahead and share the last two years, three years of my life. And um, the Lord's really led me to kind of testify this. And I know it might be a little bit unorthodox, but if he says so, I'm going to do it. Um, so like I said, it's been about three years since I've been in a pulpit, um, and I've faced some really hard and trying times. It may not be the persecution that some of these people have felt being killed or anything like that, or arrested or, um, hit or hurt or fear for my family, anything like that. Uh, but life's really broken me down over the past few years. I, uh... We moved into a new house, and we prayed about it, and God led us, and we were excited about that, and as soon as that happened, I started having issues in work. Right after having issues in work, which kind of brought me down a little bit, I broke my back. I was down for months, and I'm still, I still have pain, and I still have issues with that. But what that caused was financial distress for us. And that's a hard thing, and I'm sure we've all been there. Now, I remember the day after I broke my back, we had to call an ambulance for my wife because her back was hurting so bad she couldn't even get up off the ground. We couldn't move her. We couldn't do anything. We had to take her straight to the hospital. Going forward, all I could do was lay around. I had a broken back. I couldn't move, couldn't get off the couch. It took every bit of strength I had just to go to the bathroom. And I didn't realize it then at the time that this was all happening but it was really taking a toll on my mental health. Not only did we just move into a new house, but I couldn't work. I couldn't pay for things. Our savings were being depleted. We were having to use up our credit cards just to get by. I was taking out loans just so we, we could get groceries in our house so I could feed the kids. Life keeps coming at me, and I, was, I got depressed, and I had anxiety. At the time, I didn't know what it was. At the time, all I knew was that I went from being a hard worker, wanting to go to work, to after my back healed, I couldn't even force myself to get up off the couch when I was able to. There were times that I called into work and lied about my ailments and said I can't make it because I was so depressed that I just couldn't find reason to want to go to work. Even with the financial trouble that we were hitting and falling into, I could not get myself to do what needed to be done. And it seemed like almost for the course of three years, this just kept going on. I just kept getting hit with one thing after another. It's like Satan just would not let me. 
get through any of it. And about three or four months ago, I, uh, I really started to kind of open up my eyes. I got, uh, I got put on some medicine for my anxiety, and that kind of helped get, get rid of some of that fuzziness that was in my head. Those things were making me snap on a dime. Um, I was angry and irritated a lot, and I don't, I don't know how my family put up with it. And just, just today, I was able to finally apologize to my family because it's really hard sometimes for me to share my feelings. Um, I was able to look them in the eyes and tell them how sorry I was for what they had to deal with, and how much I loved them, and how much that's never going to change. And so about six months ago, I started getting put on this medicine. My eyes started opening up. And at work, I can remember that on my work breaks, I always, always, always go out to my car. It's like my one time that I can get away from work. I don't have, you know, at home, I've got all the kids. So I've got a lot of running around and stuff there. And at work, I'm always busy. Got 500 questions asked tonight to me. So on my breaks, that's like my one time I get like a little bit of peace to myself. And I spent a couple months here recently, um... And all I would do was sit there and cry on my lunch breaks. And then I'd clean myself up. I'd beg out to the Lord. I, you know, I couldn't figure out what to do, what, how I could get through the things that I was facing. It was, it was one thing after another. And I, just three months ago, um, my wife, thankfully and through the blessings and grace of God, is still here today, but it could have been a lot worse than the accident that she got in. But I remember sitting there crying for about two months straight. And I kept asking the Lord, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to give you everything. I'm weeping out to you. I'm suffering. I cannot break free of this feeling that I have. And I just want to get past it so that I can better serve you. I want to get back to where I have a life with you. I want to get back to the um, fellowship that I had with the Lord. I went through two months and nothing. And about a month and a half ago or so, we were sitting in service and the Lord just spoke to me and said, Brian, the reason why you sit there every single night at work crying and don't have an answer to why I'm, or an answer is because every time you lay out your burdens to me, every single time you cry out to me and you ask me to take care of things, you pick them back up and you take it back in to work with you. Every single time. And so that day in church, I testified about all my problems. I apologized to the church for not being the Christian, for being the man of God that I should be, for getting out and doing my duties, to do my calling that I've been called to do, which is go out and spread the word of Jesus Christ. And I remember going down... And I can't remember everything I said. I know I humbled my heart and I prayed to him and I cried out to him. And I remember the very last thing I said is, Lord, I cannot do this. It was almost like the prayer that I gave in salvation. I cannot do this alone. And I trust you to take care of it for me. And that was the first time that I fully gave him all my burdens and left him. And it was almost, as soon as I got up, I felt this peace that hit me. Like, 
He almost spoke to me directly, it felt like. I'm going to take care of things. And I testified about it. I said, I don't know what just happened, but I, after all the crying over the past few months that I've had in my cars and things like that with God, I've never once felt coming up from prayer this peace that he's just, everything's going to be okay. And I'll tell you what, it was almost kind of like a movie because well, it was a couple days later, maybe it might have even been the next day when she got in her accident. Her whole entire hub fell off um, and she ended up in the ditch on the side of a road. Now, anybody that knows anything about cars, if your hub falls off, thankfully she was only going five miles per hour. She had just left a stop sign. But she had just gotten off the interstate before that. If that would have fell off at 60, 70 miles an hour, I probably wouldn't have her here sitting with me today. So as soon as that happened, I... My mind went, Lord, I thought you said you were going to take care of me. Here's another stressor. Here's something else big. Not only financially are we going to have to figure this out, um, but it's just one thing after another. And immediately he said, remember, I've got this. And when we got there to the wreck, we realized that it wasn't as bad as it could have been. I could have lost my wife that day. Thankfully, she's still here. It was a blessing. For him to reopen my eyes and just say, hey, I've got this. She took her tire to the to the place that we had went to. And not only did we get that fixed, but they gave us a massive discount. I mean, like 80% off discount. So financially, the Lord took care of it. I mean, we had to pay a little bit of money, but it's better than 200 bucks. I think it was like 40 bucks we ended up, or she ended up having to pay, something like that. Um, she wasn't hurt. And if anybody knows her, physical ailments and stuff, I, I don't know how she didn't get hurt. I mean, she could literally trip over a stick and I feel like she could get hurt off that. But um, I don't want to pick on her for it. But that, that's just seriously how I feel sometimes. And uh, she came out of it unscathed. Car's fine. We went about our day. I still made it to work that night. And I just sit back there and think over the past couple years, all the things I've went through, and ever since then, those past couple months, what the Lord's been doing in my life. And that's really the reason what I, I want to talk about here for a couple seconds is what he's done because he told me he would. So not only did he take care of my wife in that situation, but financially, most of us, if not all of us, have jobs here other than the younger ones. Um, and we probably all know that you get a raise every once in a while, maybe once a year, and it's usually just a couple cents, and no one's ever really satisfied or happy with the raise that they get, but you get it, so you're thankful for it. Um, <clears throat> I have never been in a job that out of the blue gives a 10% raise in your salary. Never. I didn't even think it was possible, but sure enough, it happened. So there's God taking care of us financially. That medicine that I had started taking finally started kicking in a lot more. I started having energy. I started having a better positive outlook. I was the Lord taking care of that. He took care of my stress. He took care of us financially. He's taking care of my family. Um, since that time, all of my kids have been saved. All of them. I don't have to worry about that anymore. God not only provided and said he was going to take care of us, but through his grace gave us so much more than I could ever ask for. That's one of the biggest things you could ask for as a parent is seeing your children saved and knowing that they're going to be okay. It was beautiful. Now, enough about me and, and what the Lord's put me through and 
or not the Lord's put me through what I went through and what the Lord's taken me out of and comforted me in and gave me strength. And I, I said, I still have pain and stuff in my back, but the Lord gives me strength every single day to wake up, to get up, to go to work, to, to be able to do what it needs to be done. And I'm thankful for that. He's completely taken care of me and much more. And I don't want to sit here and talk about myself too much because I know I'm not the only one that faces trials and tribulations and trouble in this world. Um, and I started thinking last night that, you know, sometimes it's not always something that's just huge that happens that can overwhelm us completely. And I, I don't know why, but I'm going to use this metaphor. Sometimes Satan likes to cover us and throw pebbles at us. So think about this metaphorically. He just sits there and tosses them. He's got all the time in the world. He covers us up. Now, pebbles in our life, we're going to think of them as, oh, let's say you stub a toe or you miss a bill or something, your, your check, check gets cut short. Just something small. But if you get enough of them, it's going to overwhelm you. Those little things. Then you got your medium things. Maybe things that are a little bit more trying and troubling. Maybe your car completely breaks down. Maybe you have to get a new one. Maybe um, you have, you know, trouble with rent. Whatever it might be. Those medium things, those intermediate things that are a little bit heavier. We'll call them cobbles. All right. If anyone knows what a cobble is, it's the size between a pebble and a boulder. Satan uses those too. And then he also uses a boulder. Sometimes he just takes us out with one swift hit. You know, you lose a loved one, or you go through something unfathomable that you just can't even think up yourself, but you go through it and you're like crushed, and you have no idea what to do when those things happen. Thankfully, we have scripture that tells us what we need to do in those situations. I'm actually going to hop over here to Isaiah for anyone that does want to follow. Um... This is Isaiah 41, and I'm going to read verse 10 and 13. It says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea. I will help thee, yea. I will uphold thee with thy right hand of my righteousness. Verse 13 says, For I, the Lord, thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. So we see in 2 Corinthians and here in uh, Isaiah 41 that even when Satan overwhelms you, when he completely covers you in that rock or pebble, metaphorically, when, when you feel like you have no hope, the Lord has promised that not only in Isaiah is he going to be there for us, he's going to hold our hand, but then over in Corinthians he's saying that he's going to give you strength and comfort in those things. I uh, I think back ever since I've been saved at all the trying things that have ever happened in my life. And even before the stressors that happened two or three years ago, I look back at all the little things that he's brought me through, all the big things that he's brought me through. And I know that each and every one of us in here, whether you're a little kid all the way to the oldest person here, everyone has problems that they're dealing with, troubles that they're going through, valleys that they're in, and while it may not seem like your problem or your trouble is huge in somebody else's eyes, if it's affecting you 
and it's affecting your relationship with your wife, with your kids, with God, whatever it may be, it's a big deal. Okay? We need to take everything that we can to the Lord. Those little things, if we don't take those little things to the Lord, it's just like that metaphor. Satan's going to keep attacking you with them, and eventually you're going to get overwhelmed. Don't just wait for that one big rock to knock you off your feet. Take care of it daily. Take care of these little things daily and leave them at the feet of the Lord. There's a song that they say, it's called Nail It to the Cross. I know it's a big song that deals a lot with salvation, but it's got that same mindset in it. Take your problems, nail them to the cross. When you nail something to the cross, you leave it there. You don't unnail it and bring it back with you. So we need to take any problems, all these trials, all these tribulations in our lives, these pains, these things that are holding us back from fully giving everything that we have for the Lord, just take them to God. He's going to take care of it. It says over in Matthew that His burden is light. He wants to take that from us. And He's more than capable. He could take everybody's burdens in this whole entire world, every sorrow, every thing of grief that He has, hold them on His back without even blinking. But just a thought and take care of it. It's nothing for him. The things that bring us down in life, that overwhelm us, is nothing in the sight of the Lord. It takes nothing for him to be able to help us with those things. We just have to be able to want to go to him. So for that, I want to just kind of jump over here to to Proverbs chapter 3 real quick. And I know a lot of you know these verses. Um, Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So that was a big thing that I had an issue with, was trusting in the Lord, um, that he was going to take care of it. I don't know how many of you are like that. Maybe I'm the only one, and if so, um, pray for me for when I'm weak. But I think we all might have issues trusting the Lord to take care of every single problem that we have. Um, if we're all honest with ourselves, sometimes we just like to do things our own way or take care of our own way or think we have a, a way that's going to get us out of whatever problem or situation we might be in. Um, and I'll tell you just from my own experience, every time I try to take something that I'm having issues with and deal with it myself, I make a mess of it. I completely mess it up. And then I'm either in more pain, more sorrow, or have more troubles that I've added on to that situation where I could have just went to the Lord in the first place, gave it to him, and it would have been taken care of. He would have gave me the courage. He would have gave me the strength. He would have gave me that comfort that I needed to get through those things. So trust in the Lord with all thine heart. To be able to trust the Lord, it's an act of will. It's, it's an act of will to trust the Lord. Okay, no one makes you. The Lord doesn't make you trust him. It's something that you have to willingly do. You have to have that same trust in him as when you got saved, that he was going to take care of everything for you. We have to have that same mindset, even for the littlest problems that we face. Lord, this may be small on my bucket list. I need you to take care of it. Please take care of it. Have that same trust, whether big or small or whatever issue you might be facing in life. You've got to have full trust in God that he can take care of it. And not only can he take care of it, but that he will take care of it. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to remove your problem completely, okay? 
there's a misconception among Christians and maybe people of the world that just because it says give your burdens to God, that you're not going to have to face them anymore. That's not how it goes. He just gives you that strength to get through it. He gives you that comfort to get through it. I still face issues today. My two and three years of troubles and trials that I've been going through, they're not over yet. But I have in my heart a piece that he gave me a month and a half ago that said, Brian, you're going to be okay. And I take that with me every day. Every time I start getting stressed out, I remember, the Lord's got this. I gave it to him. He's going to take care of it. I just need to do what he needs me to do. So the second part of that, after you're trusting in the Lord, you need to be obedient to his will. That's a big factor. It is so hard when you're broken down, when, when you can't even think for yourself because everything around you has just led you into confusion and stress and anxiety or whatever it may be, pain, suffering, that it's really hard to be obedient to God. He may tell you to go do something and you're like, Lord, that is crazy. There's no way I can do that. I'm dealing with all this other stuff right now. You have to be obedient to God, even in the valleys. That's part of trust. You are trusting that when he tells you something, that even if you're dealing with something else, that he knows that that's the right thing for you in that moment. Be obedient to his will. And then last of all, you have to be patient. That's the thing that I had the most trouble with, especially in those couple months when I was crying out in my car all, all by myself. You know, I wanted those things taken care of right away. Um, and that's not how it works. You know, God takes care of things in his own time. And we may never understand his ways, but we're not here to do that. We're just here to trust in him, be obedient to him, and be patient for when he wants to help us and give us those things and take care of them for us. So I know I don't have a lot here tonight, um, but I do kind of want to ask, and don't come out and start yelling over the top unless God leads you for it or anything like that, but... I want everyone to kind of look in themselves and look at your relationship that you have with God. Um, and, and I mean this by, before I went through things a couple years ago, I would say that I had maybe not 100% closeness with God, but I was pretty, I mean, I was doing all right. I was about 70-30 on where I should have been. Um, but I can only imagine where I'd have been if I would have had... The closest I ever been with God, I was obedient, I was doing everything he wanted, and then I faced these trials and tribulations, I would have known immediately, hey, I need to go straight to you, and I have faith that you're going to take care of it. Instead of waiting for two years, wallowing in my own self-sorrow, instead of just taking it straight to him. So how's your relationship with God? Are you close enough right now with God that if something were to just knock you off your feet, you would have the utmost trust in him, that you would be obedient to him? That doesn't mean that you're not going to have pain or sorrow or grief. But when those things hit you, are you ready for them? Because you know there's a Savior out there that not only saved you and has promised you a land that has no sin, sorrow, or grief. But are you ready to take care of them with him as soon as they happen? Look into yourselves and ask yourselves that. Um, I feel like if I would have been at 100% with God when all these things went down, that I would have never had two years of suffering. Because he would have been there comforting me and taking me through it and leading that path for me. 
and carrying me through it the whole time. Um, I do want to jump over here real quick to Psalms 9. It says in Psalms 9, verse 9, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. I have never, ever, 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 since I've known the Lord, asked for something, and then him completely ignored me. That's not what our Lord does. He may not give you the answer you want, but he's always there for you, providing for you what's best in his mind. It may not feel like what's best in our minds, but I'm pretty sure that the Lord knows a little bit better than any of us combined. Um, So we just need to go into him and trust. We need to know that he's our refuge, that we can seek shelter in him when we're in those storms. Um, Like I said, I didn't, didn't have a lot today. That's what the Lord's put on my heart. I wanted to be able to share that because I know I, that there are people in this room that are going through things right, right this moment. Right this moment. And I wanted to share that testimony of where God has brought me through in the past couple of years. Because I was the lowest of my lows. I really thought I was going to lose my family. I thought I was going to lose my wife. I thought I was going to lose my house, my job, everything. And all I had to do was put that trust in the Lord that he was going to take care of me. And sure enough, he has. So that's all I got for today. I really do appreciate you guys having me out this morning. Um, And for the lost that are here, I didn't forget about you. For the ones that were praying earlier, I know a lot of this was centered towards those of us who have salvation. But that doesn't mean that you here as lost people don't go through problems and have issues and stuff in your life. The difference between us and you is that I have someone that can comfort me and hold me through the entire course of my problems. And until you know that feeling, you won't know what I'm talking about. But those of you that do, there's no greater feeling than knowing that the Almighty has you in his hands in every little thing that you face in life. And he's going to take care of it for you. That's all I got